Thanks for tuning in. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down with a local woman, Ann Alexander. We talk about her interesting trip to the hospital that led to an unexpected and surprise diagnosis of breast cancer. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. I'm here with Anne, and we're going to talk about her breast cancer story. I met Anne through dragon boating, um, so let's just dive right in. First, I'd kind of like to know, what was your age at diagnosis? I was 57 when I was diagnosed, and I'm currently 59. Okay. And then tell me a little bit about your diagnosis. Um, stage, progression? Um, my diagnosis was invasive cancer, uh, invasive ductal and lobular cancer. I'm hormone positive, and I was also lymph node positive, one positive of three. My diagnosis, I think, is interesting because it wasn't picked up in a routine mammogram. I actually had a CT scan done of my pelvis and abdomen because my doctor was looking for kidney stones, and it happened to clip a, just a little bit of the back of my chest in that CT scan. And when it came back, I said there was something irregular. And so from that point, I went to, to on to my mammogram, which I had just had 10 months prior, and, and it was fine. So there was no lump? There that... was no lump that I could ever find. It drove me nuts. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. I have not heard any stories yeah, like it's that. Yeah, very, I mean, people, one of the radiologists who looked at it said it's, very surprising. It's amazing that happened. And it's also was such a good read by whoever saw it and noted it in the report because I would have not known. And I'm sus- I don't know that my mammogram would have picked it up two months later since it hadn't picked it up, you know, wow. the prior. So it's interesting. Yeah, you never know. That's fascinating. Yeah. And what stage were you? Stage two, 2A. Two stage 2A. Okay. Okay. So 2A is the lymph nodes are not involved? Yeah, I had lymph nodes. Okay. I had, I had one was involved. One, one of oh, three. and another interesting thing is when I had my surgery done, when I came out of surgery, they told me my lymph nodes were all clear, which was awesome. I mean, it was best income to get the cancer out and to not have lymph node. But when the real, re- you know, the final report came back, they found that I did have activity in my lymph node. Okay. So, so they, they took out the all of your lymph nodes or they just took out three just and three. tested? Okay. Okay. They took yeah. three and thought I was good, and but then as it turned out, I wasn't. So interesting. Yeah, I had uh, I had three of mine taken out as well, the lymph nodes. So um, you kind of tapped into it a little bit, but tell me a little bit about your cancer treatment. Any surgeries? Yeah, my treatment. I had a single mastectomy. Was on the right or the left? Left. Okay. Left side. At the time of surgery, I had an expander put in for reconstruction down the road. I had 25 rounds of radiation because of the lymph node, and I had, and then I had reconstruction further down the road, and I also 
uh, around the time of my, re my reconstruction, I did hyperbaric treatment. I did 30 treatments. My plastic surgeon recommended it to help with the radiation healing and just healing in general. So I did that as well. So it was a long haul. Yeah, yeah. So you did radiation first with the expander in? Yes, I did. And then had because the reconstruction? They put my expander in thinking my lymph nodes were clear and that I would not have radiation. And then, of course, it all came out. So I did have radiation done with an expander in. Okay. So at the time of the surgery, they that was the time where they put the expander mm -hmm. in? Okay. Yep. And I'm currently on hormone therapy. I take one of the aromatase inhibitors, letrozole, which I'm supposed to take for five years if I make it. And How many um, years are you? I'll be two in July. Two, okay. I also have a prolia shot to help with the osteoporosis, which will be created due to the estrogen. Right. So, so what are some of the uh, side effects? Oh, of the it's awful. Well, the side effects... If you read the list, can be seems like anything. Honestly, the list is big. But the one that seems to be common and that I have is joint and muscle aches. And okay. and I'm I don't have hot flashes. I'm just hot all the time. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned was osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. uh, I would imagine that they've done like a baseline bone mm -hmm. scan, and then do you go for follow up every I do. year or? Yeah. Okay. And the good thing is my last, I had a bone scan not too long ago. One of my, I think it was my spine had actually improved. So there Wonderful. was something nice and all of that, but yeah, taking so, the AI is difficult. So they have found osteoporosis or at least osteopenia. I have osteopenia. Okay. In your spine? Yeah. My spine or my hip. It might've been my hip actually. Okay. So what was the length of time from diagnosis to kind of, you know, obviously you're on medication now, so it's mm -hmm. still kind of going, but what was that length of time between yeah. having that diagnosis, going through the surgery, the radiation, the, obviously the fills with the implant right. and then the final reconstruction? So I was diagnosed in February of 2017. I had my mastectomy in April of 2017. I had my radiation in June and July. Nice hot months here in Arizona. Yeah. And my reconstruction was January of 2018. And I finished my hyperbaric, which was, to me, the last of my series of treatments on January 31st of 2018. Okay. And um, I also started the AI two weeks after my radiation finished. So I started that in July of 2017. Okay. And they put you on an AI because you were already in menopause? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. And the being the invasive nature of the cancer that I guess my recurrence chance is one in five and with if, ta if taking the AI makes it one in 10. Yeah. Okay. So it doubles it. Right. I'm right. trying. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that we can do to yep. decrease the chance of recurrence. So going through all of that, and, and for you, it's, it's, this is pretty still fresh. Right. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's 12 years out, and I know sometimes for me it still seems very fresh. So for you, I know that it has to be very, you know, still very much present. You're still going through treatment. Right. So what would you say was the hardest lesson that you had to learn or that you did learn after your diagnosis? What was the hardest Hardest lesson? I think, well, the hardest thing that I learned right away was 
I couldn't possibly learn everything I wanted to know as quickly as I wanted to know it. I just, I could not, you know, you're so completely overwhelmed and in panic and you're trying to make a lot of decisions in a short amount of time. And it was really hard for me to like sit with an article in front of me and just, you know, it was hard to read through it and figure it out. And my husband and I would both have our laptops out and, you know, we'd be looking, we didn't know the language, you don't know anything. So I think it was really hard. Well, I mean, and that leads to, you, you can't know everything right away. You I mean, you can get a good sense, but so there's a huge amount of letting go that has to happen, I think. And trusting the people that you're going to be working with, your doctors, but, you know, you haven't known them very long. So it's kind of a weird thing. All of a sudden you're in this and you meet this person and, you know, do you like them? Do you not? And it's, it's just so much so quick. I would say that cancer in general is very much a, a test of patience. Oh, yeah. Because the, the other part of that I would include is the waiting during the whole diagnostic stretch was just absolutely excruciating. Yes. It was long and, you know, I had multiple biopsies and they found a second place in the breast. And I, that waiting was rough really right. difficult. And do you think there's anything that um, medical professionals could do to kind of help that process a little bit? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, I can't pop anything out. I mean, I think they were doing what they needed to do too. You know, one test would show something and then it would lead to something else. So it's not like they weren't trying, but it just ends up being several weeks, several long weeks of your life. I don't know. I don't know if there's something else they could do or not. I suppose if diagnostic things improve or, you know, over time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see where it's just immediate. <sighs> yeah. You know, Cause that's torturous. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I know that for myself, I waited, uh, I want to say it was almost four weeks before that diagnosis came through. Before so you really knew. Yeah. yeah. So I can, I can definitely relate to that experience of waiting and it being excruciating. And, and I think once you know you have cancer, you just want it out. Like I was just like, get it out of here. But you know, we, we had to wait and do the testing and find out what the best approach was. But I'm just like, can't you get it out of here right now? So right. it's, yeah. This question just kind of popped into my mind. Is there any family history that you have of yeah, cancer? Yeah, I do have family history. So on my mom's side, my grandmother, my mother, an aunt, and a cousin, and myself. But we are not genetically, we don't have the BRCA or anything. Okay. So, you know, the geneticist just said it's just a high familial history, but I don't know. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and I know that, you know, in the the past number of years, other genetic mutations have been discovered, but they haven't ever asked for you to be retested for those? No. And I've heard that too, that, you know, as time goes on, they'll expose more. So maybe there is something there, but at the, you know, at this point with what they tested me for, nothing showed. Okay. And most of the cancer in my family has been at an older age, older than I am. Although I, my one cousin was diagnosed in her early forties. So Wow. So what would you say would be the most valuable lesson that you learned through your cancer experience? Uh, that's, that's, that's a difficult, I mean, when I looked at that question, I thought, huh, I really think maybe the most valuable lesson to me is just 
how deep my own inner strength is. And I'm, and I don't mean like people telling you you're strong, you know, that that's different, but to really feel within yourself, you know, as horrifying and scary as it was at times, you know, I, there was still a little something I was able to hold on to that was, it was in, you know, it was me. It was definitely my own inner strength. So it's not like, and I, I just want to make, it's not the strong that people want to see on the outside and tell you you're so strong because that, that one I have some issues with maybe, <laughs> I but, <hear> you. <laughs> but it's, you know, what I really felt inside when, you know, you really don't have con- full control of what's going on and you're going through things you don't want to go through. And so I, I think that's probably what I learned. Just, I guess I learned how deep that is. Right. And that's a, I mean, that's a powerful lesson to learn. It is powerful. And, you know, it's, it's, the hard part is, is that it came with a um, unfortunate diagnosis, right? right? And, but I always feel like there are so many people out there that really have no idea what that inner strength feels like. Right. Because they've never been in such a a traumatic situation. Yeah, you're against the wall. Yeah, exactly. And I do hear you about the, you're so strong, you know, and and I know it's always with great intentions. Yeah, I never... Um, People do say some weird things. I never got too yes. hung up on that. I just checked it as they're, they're trying to say something nice, box. Yeah. But um, when people tell you you're strong and it's like, it's like they're telling you you're strong because of cancer. And, right. You know, and, and that's not, right. that's not what yeah. it is. And I always kind of came back with, I don't have any other choice exactly than yeah. to do what I need to do. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a great lesson. What would you say helped you through your cancer journey? There were a lot of things and I did have really good support and I think that's really important. But I, if I had to pick one thing though, uh, I would say it's my yoga practice. So I've done yoga for about, gosh, how long have I done? I don't know, 12 years or something maybe. And I think that's also helped me develop my inner strength. And then it just affects, you know, it really, yoga to me affects me on a physical, a mental, and a spiritual level. So to have all those things working with me through my yoga was really helpful. And I did do yoga through a lot of my treatment, which as I was thinking about this, I, I kind of go back and see, you know, how many breaks I really took because I could still go to the meditation. One, you know, I, there were certainly classes I could pick. I couldn't go to some hard classes for a while, but I think it just made a huge difference you know the the energy you get from physically moving and emotionally your it helps clear your head and spiritually it just helps calm you and stills your heart and brings you in so I think that was huge but I think I was fortunate to have that practice in place right yeah a lot of people don't know about yoga right Um, I was one of them I didn't know about yoga I remember my first yoga class being at one of the cancer centers that I was going to Mm -hmm. and I showed up in heels and work (laughs) pants and (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing but yeah I think that having that kind of practice is really beneficial so so kind of let's chat a little bit about that, you know, because I I am a lover of yoga and I do think that there are some benefits for it. So what would you say, you know, obviously there's the meditation piece of it. There's that pulling yourself into the internal, uh, but then there's also that strength uh, Mm -hmm. piece of it. There's the, sometimes it's stamina, withholding poses. What was it that you think helped you the most, like in terms of your yoga practice? I think it's just the ability to be able to try and pull into myself 
and just find some inner stillness when, you know, everything around me was not that way. And, and I think, you know, you kind of get that through all of the practice. You get it through the physical and the mental and the spiritual. It all, it all ties in. So did you find yoga to be a space where you weren't thinking about cancer or was it still present, but maybe, you know, it just kind uh, of afforded you an opportunity to think about some other things? I don't think or? it was an escape. I think my cancer was still with me, but I was just so happy that I could still do it, you know, honestly, even on whatever level it was, you know, because I was pretty determined to keep moving and doing as much as I could throughout my treatment. So that I could even get on a mat and do something. And sometimes I just came in for the opening of class and the teacher would start and I would leave, you know, when I was really in treatment and stuff. So, yeah. So let's kind of chat a little bit in terms of the mastectomy and how did that impact you when you were doing yoga? You know, I think of like planks and chaturanga. Yeah, well, there there was a lot I couldn't do for a while, you know, and I just had to modify as much as I could and then get back into it as much as I could. Yeah, I definitely, you know, after the surgery in particular and after the reconstruction, that's when I had my two blocks that I kind of had to really back off. And where are you now with your yoga practice? Oh, I still practice three or four times a week. And are you still, are you still having to use those same modifications or finding that you've built um, I don't modify a lot, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're really just, you know, two and a half years out from yeah. here. There are a few things and I've had physical therapy a couple of times in there when something's been off a little bit, but for the most part, I can do most everything. I can stand on my hands. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I don't uh, do that yet. <laughs> So you mentioned physical therapy. So that was a part of your treatment as well? It was. And I can't remember if I asked for it or if it was offered to me. I have a feeling I asked for it because I was so not wanting to have long-term issues. So I, and I, I did have some shoulder stuff for a while, definitely. And that's, I had that worked on. Yeah. I can't remember how I got it. And I think I asked for it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, you know, that's another part of it too. Sometimes is, you know, having to go through that physical therapy, especially when you've had a mastectomy, right. You know, just pulling out all of that tissue and then not having that mobility. Well, um, they definitely sent me home with exercises, Mm -hmm. but then the physical therapy I think was above and beyond that. Right. Right. So what would you say if somebody was newly diagnosed, what are one or two tips that you would give to that person? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, I would tell them to gather a support group. And I don't mean their doctor team. I mean some personal friends who will be there for you. So whatever your group, you know, small or large, whatever your thing is. But definitely have two or three people you can count on that you can call anytime that will be there for you. And I also would really suggest taking someone with you to your appointments and or recording them because I remember when she, the doctor told me I had cancer and then she took me into the other office and explained it to me. I didn't catch one thing, you know, all I knew was I had cancer. So when I got home, I couldn't really even explain it to my husband. So I think it's important to have somebody with you for those things. 
Right. So in terms of support group, um, your support group, were those friends that had cancer, friends that didn't have cancer? Did you have a group that was cancer? Yeah, I had cancer? definitely had um, three or four girlfriends who were rock solid. And I have a good friend who had cancer just seven months prior to me. So I was practically following in her footsteps. So that was an unusual and comforting for me, you know, support to have. Yeah. And so those friends, what, what were some of the things that you tapped into them for? You know, it wasn't like specific, like do things. It was just uh, being able to talk to them and knowing they were there. Like, okay. uh, you know, I, it's just my husband and I at home. I wasn't worried about having a bunch of meals or thing, anything like that. But it was just, I think it was the knowledge that I just knew they were there if I needed it. Right. Yeah. And then you also mentioned, you know, having somebody that goes with you or, um, you know, being able to record. Um, I think you're so right. I mean, there's just so much information that's being thrown at you at one time. And to have somebody who's just been diagnosed with cancer. I mean, the, f the only thing that you're thinking about is I have cancer. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly it. I have cancer and there's nothing else that's heard from that. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a great tip. To be able to, you know, yeah, to share I with people. Yeah, I think it's critical. And, but, it, you know, my husband was my person a lot of the times that went with me. And I have to say, sometimes I wonder, because we'd both be just so shell-shocked when we walked out of there, we'd be trying to compare notes and look at each other. It was almost comical at times, you know. We sat in the same thing and, you know, had a hard time formulating what had really just transpired. But, yeah, you need someone with you. Well, I think now with smartphones, yeah. you know, I wasn't diagnosed at a time when smartphones right. were available. But having a smartphone, just being able to use that recording right. option on a phone would be super because helpful. even the terminology, you're just, they're trying to explain things to you with words you don't necessarily know. So it's so difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of words where I was Googling. Yeah. What oh, on I, earth everything. does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Wow. Well, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this, sharing your story behind the pink ribbon. And, you know, it's everybody's story is different. And right. I hope that, you know, this I'm sure will touch some person that's going through the same experience. Our stories are always so different. Right. Um, so it's kind of nice to be able to hear somebody's story that maybe we might be able to relate to a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.